All right, everyone, welcome back to our latest episode of People Talk. Today, I am so excited to have a, a friend on the show I've known for a few years, Kale Campbell. He's the president at Red Seal Recruiting Solutions. Kale, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate you having me on. So, Kale, to go to get us started, where's home originally for you and where do you live now? So I was born on, I'd say, a little island, but one of the biggest islands in the world, Vancouver Island. So just, just a little bit north of Seattle and the San Juan Islands, for those who know the West Coast. I'd like to say, well, my father-in-law, I like to tell him it's the Hawaii of, Bank, uh, of Canada. So it's, it's beautiful and, and warm all summer long, just like Seattle. And then we do get a little bit of the, you know, the rougher West Coast weather in the, in the, in the winters. And I, I, I live in Victoria, which is, the, you know, the capital of our province and, you know, pretty, pretty great little city, but it has a few international flights. So I can get to, you know, direct flights to Mexico and Hawaii and Seattle and Toronto, a few, a few really good centers. It's harder to get down to Florida and other places on the East Coast, but it's, it's, it's worth it to, to live in a little slice of paradise. Nice. Where'd you go to school? What'd you study? So I, I packed up my pickup truck and, and, and drove off the rock to, to the city of Vancouver and, and went to Simon Fraser University, which, which was a school that was going to allow me to do what I wanted. You know, I didn't have to take 100% business courses, of which I was really interested in. But I also was able to take things like psychology, kinesiology, nutrition, because I'd always been interested in kind of the physical aspects of life and, and also the physical and mental aspects of, of work and business. My parents were entrepreneurs and also ones who really use their body. My, my dad had an exploration company, so was out in the woods doing a bit of gold panning, you know, but also doing a lot of digital staking and, and selling to investors and stuff. So understanding the, the whole body and, and mind and, and the business world was, was kind of my goal. And I, I got quite a bit of that out of, out of that first foray into, into college. I finished my degree there. And, and since then, I've, I've usually been pretty steady in, in, in on the educational front. I was even down in LA at one of Tony Robbins conferences earlier in the year. And, and I always have something, uh, not on my bucket list, but on my, my learning list every single year to, to really learn. Nice. And what was your first job right out of school? Well, I did carry rocks for my dad. So child labor, you know, kind of bordering on slightly illegal at this, this, this time, uh, you know, going on 30 years, but you know, I, I did help him and I, you know, I could identify fool's gold and, and, and gold pen a little bit. So that, that was my first hobby job, but a, a really hard job. And then I moved on to like Canada's and, and Alaskan kind of the primary industry. So I, I worked probably the hardest job was, was salmon fishing. So I don't know if you've seen world's most dangerous catch. Yeah. It was kind of an easy version of that, but I wanted to That's quit so job. bad and swim to shore and if if it looks like they're acting on the world's most dangerous catch it's not it's so tough to work those long hours and, and be away from land i couldn't even see shore and i knew i was making lots of money and you know i didn't have anything better to do but i was just like i've got to quit and then like the second day i'm down in the hold of the boat in this you know freezer that gets down to like minus 30 i'm, I'm dressed up and it's middle of summer and I'm dressed up with my face covered and I'm dipping 
these wonderful salmon that are going to be shipped off to Japan in, in buckets of ice, salt water. And my coworker started telling me some stories. I mean, he was, he was getting over the initial shock of starting the season. And, and, you know, by about one o'clock in the morning, I'm like, oh, this is not too bad. You know, after you put in your 15, 16 hour day. And that was my first like real job. You're getting a paycheck and you, you really are working with the team and you're, you're part of a larger fleet of boats and you're, you're part of an international market. So it, it was a really good kind of exposure to the world of work that, you know, is, is really outside of a lot of cities. It, it was a really good, good learning experience for me. And I, and I, I stuck with that for a couple of years and I, I still know the owner of that boat and his, his kids and stuff. So, you know, going on, you know, 25, 30 years, it's, 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 it was an amazing experience. And, you know, I love Alaska. I, lo- I love the West coast and even on the East coast, all the fishing industry that, you know, probably is in the decline, but it is still an amazing part of, you know, the, the history in North America and, and still to this day is a big part of the economy in places like Alaska, British Columbia, Seattle. Nice. Well, you're definitely the very first guest we ever had on People Talk, whose first job was climbing into a minus 30 degrees freezer, making sure the salmon get to Japan. That's incredible. How in the world do we go from that to you being the president and uh, running Red Seal Recruiting? Yeah, so I... I, I straight line, I imagine, right? It, it, it was actually pretty straight. You know, they, they, there's a few memes that are out there about how, how the path to success is filled with ups and downs. But, you know, I, I think it is, a, you know, a slow and steady climb. I mean, definitely there's some days when you're... you're kind of fall to your knees on, on a hard day after maybe not getting as far as you want. But I'd always worked in, in kind of primary industries uh, from big manufacturing of, of, of wood, wood processing to going into pulp and paper, working in forestry, working in mining. So I'd always been at places where people were using their mind, but also their bodies. And that, that, that was really kind of a, a key theme I, I once had a job at downtown Vancouver and, you know, I, I'd ride my bike in and I'd actually ride it right into the office. And, you know, I didn't want to sit behind a desk and, you know, that, that was, that was something I, I kind of realized early on and all my jobs that paid my way through university and even a little bit after university kind of supported that, that mind that workers were not, not meant to be people who sit behind a desk. They're usually physical. There's a physical element and, and and a mental element that usually goes together. And I I basically went went to business school and because of that kind of education went into labor relations and really dealing with unions and HR and was kind of on that career path to 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 you know be the director of HR. You know I I've had had Amazon reach out to me on talent roles. I've had clients, billion dollar clients reach out to me for head of talent roles. And, you know, I, I really like the HR world, but it was such a challenge in dealing with the difficult issues that come up in people's lives where the recruitment and the talent side was the part that gave me the most joy. 
you know, finding that worker who, you know, went out and did that ex- extra thing, went that extra mile for their manager. And, and in my case, in a lot of industries we service, it's, it's you know, e- even if it is, you know, a white collar manager, it's that person who goes out and troubleshoots, works with the team out in the field. Finding those people is always one of the most satisfying thing that, that I did. So I, at, at one point, it, it was it was wearing on me. The stress was getting to me of, of doing HR work, and I, I said, you know, what 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 is my heart? You know, and and it was hiring. You know, I could I could be joyous. I could smile every day. You know, even if I, I talked to a guy today and he's totally not suitable for my client, but I think I can give him back some value by by saying, hey, you know, here's where you can make some improvements. And you know, that's that's something anybody who's involved in hiring can really add value to so many people, and you know, that's, that's, that's what I liked. So when I decided to move back to Vancouver Island, I, you know, I might, might've sent out three to four resume, but I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, I, I did some soul searching, talked to a lot of people, did some market surveys and started my own business. So it was a, it was a good path. That's great. And so what, what, what year did you start Red Seal? And now what are all the different lines of business? What, what does Red Seal do if you had to kind of summarize it? Yeah, so 2005, we, we started up and I, I was really kind of concentrating on permanent placement of maintenance personnel. And that's really not changed, right? So for any company that runs 24-7 or has any type of production timeline or construction timeline, the people who maintain that equipment and make sure it run are kind of our sweet spot. And that can extend to reliability managers or branch managers for the companies that make sure other companies get that done. So that, that's always been our core. And we've primarily done that on a permanent basis, you know, wanting to help people find that full-time fit, you know, where they're in the career for five, 10, 15 years, you know, sometimes it might only last two years, but really trying to find that permanent fit. And then we've been expanding that as well to some temporary positions as well. Cause there's, there's, there's a big shift, I, I think, in the U.S., in Canada, and, and in the U.K., where the, there's a lot more temporary or contract employment. So we're making sure that we've got a bit of that in, in our product mix for clients who, who might not want to hire permanently and employees who might you know, want to work six months of the year or aren't, aren't able to find that, that long-term fit but are saying, yeah, I'll, I'll commit to a three-month gig or a six-month gig. So we've added the temp. And, and also we're trying to give employers a little bit more of what they want when they don't know what they want. And, and when I, when I say that it's, it's the company that calls up and, you know, they've had at the last 10 employees, nine have turned over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to say you have a terrible hiring process uh, because some of those, you know, people are, are really skilled at getting through interviews and just really want a job, you know, and some of them, are ones that should have been picked up in the interview or reference checking process. But if an employer contacts you and says, Hey, I, I need some really talented people. You, you don't want to go around and say, wait a minute, you've got a terrible hiring process. So you've got to work way in ways to service them and see if you can add value to their hiring process. Because uh, as a third party, we can't change, change the world. You know, we, we can add value hopefully by, you know, finding, finding ways where, yeah, we can slightly improve the reference check-in process or do it, take it off their plate. So really trying to add some custom stuff for them. And then, and then also there's a big desire. We, we've had a really good brand and, and really worked on some niche careers. So we've always had, I think for first six or seven years, we'd have employers who call up and say, Hey, can we post on your job board? And I'm like, 
you, you can go to the Monsters and Deeds. Well, Indeed didn't exist at that time, but you can go post on their websites. And eventually I broke down. And, and now, now we do do specific job postings. You know, if somebody wants to recruit an accountant for KPMG or, or you know, a consultant for, for a role like that, we'd, we'd turn them away. But for our, our niche roles that are related to maintenance and construction and stuff and, and the managerial roles, yeah, if, if somebody really wants to post a job, we invest, you know, tens of thousands in our in our website and our development and our our chat for those career career niches. So, you know, they don't pay the bills, but if 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 somebody's see, seeing some value there, we'll we'll try and help them with that. That's that's great to hear. And right now, the Red Seal team itself, how big's your team? Like, what's the makeup, uh, of folks, and how many how many jobs do you all have open across the whole company? Yeah, so our core jobs, we've got about 50 right now, and, and that might represent about 65 to, to 70 openings. So we're, we're trying to be really selective. You know, just before we, we spoke, there was, uh, you know, a request for 20, 20 people. And, you know, that's, you know, when, it, when a company's looking for 20 people and they're not an Amazon, they're not a large corporation, you really got to think to yourself, okay, well, how can we move the needle? You know, are they a, a company based in Canada or in the U.S.? And, you know, what are the chances in this employment environment where we're kind of at that full employment level, you can attract, you know, 20 skilled people to, to a, new, a new community or a smaller community? It's, it's fine if you're in a big center like New York or Boston or Toronto or Seattle. You should be able to scrounge up, you know, 20 really good people. But as soon as you get side outside of those areas with this full employment, it's it's a big challenge. So we're trying to work with them and say, okay, how can we really accelerate you onboarding some junior people? Or, you know, are, are there things under the new U.S.-Canada free trade agreement that, you know, we might be able to poach some people from another country as well? Because it it really is you know, global talent we're looking at. I was speaking to a, a fellow yesterday for a client in Michigan who'd been laid off by Caterpillar and then picked up by one of the biggest agricultural companies in the world. And, and I'm like, man, I, I've got like five clients who would just love to get, get their hands on you. And he's somebody who's, you know, trained overseas in China, worked in Canada, worked in the U.S. in multiple states. And, and, and talent, I think, is really, really global. So making sure that we're, we're looking beyond the communities that we're recruiting for when, when we get into these talent crunches is, is, is really key these days. Very cool. What, I mean, you've got the recruiting business, the consulting, the, the job board. I imagine you might have a lot of thoughts on different tools that you use to run your business, but if you had to pick, you know, maybe one or two, like what's your favorite HR tech tool that you use to kind of run your business? I, I'd, I'd say, I mean, video is, is really key right now. You know, it is so easy. 15 years ago, you were not doing a video-based interview, right? So, and, and really, if, if, if we're, we're talking about it, it, it is the mobility of the, of the smartphone that you can do an in-person video with anybody almost anywhere in the world, and you can text message them, which, you know, has amazing response rates as, as well, right? So it's that kind of integration of, of, of video and, and text messages, which, you know, you know, in, in the, in, you know, going back 200 years or a hundred, hundred years, we, we could maybe, you know, t 
tap tap on a you know a, a train line and send a message but it, it's just amazing you know if if i don't fully understand a, a candidate i'm talking to or a client in in tampa bay florida or anywhere in the world you can really just get on and get that nonverbal communication happening which is so key right now in in hr and you know in recruitment you know seeing somebody's hesitation when when you ask a question you know is it oh they're just thinking about all the things are are they they they're just somebody who processes is a little bit slower or are they just trying to make things up right and 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 you, and you can really get a better sense of that uh, when you're doing video and and you know having some empathy for a, a candidate who might not be a great interviewer but they, they might be excellent at their job they might have better mechanical engineering understanding than you know elon musk you know like there, there's some amazing people out there and just just the fact that we can do it you know low carbon low cost it, you know we don't have to spend a thousand dollars flying somebody in for an interview and and we can do it in seconds is, is just a really amazing shift that we've had in the last 15 years that's great that's great so go ahead and wrap it up what's life like outside of work yeah so a little bit what's that Imagine that you like the outdoors a little bit based where you're living. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I've, I've got a, a passion for almost anything on the water. And, and I'm fortunate that my, my family, my son, uh, he's only two years old, but he loves almost everything. He loves everything, but he loves a lot of the things that I love, which is, you know, being outside in the water. I'm, I'm, I'm into stand up paddling, fishing, I just managed to catch enough fish for our family for the year. So we're smoking some of that up and, mm -hmm. and, you know, we, we had like a rock cud last night and it, it's, it's nice to kind of get out in nature. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't fish for the sport of it. I, I fish for the enjoyment because it really takes me out of my work element and, and really gets me focused on something else and, and being able to, to feed the family and, and being out in, in just amazing places off the west coast of Vancouver Island. You know, I could see Seattle here and, you know, going back to my roots, you know, I'd be able to fish off the, the north coast of Canada, looking at Alaska. And yeah, I really want to spend a a lot more time on the water. I, I bought a boat that's a, a smaller boat. It's probably the smallest boat that you could take to Alaska. A lot of people come from Washington State and California and cruise all the way up the coast. And I've, I've split a boat with a, a good friend who's also an entrepreneur and, and yeah, plan, plan to make that trip up to Alaska. That sounds exciting. And to go ahead and wrap it up, what, would you, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self about to, to go ahead and start pulling around some salmon? <laughs> probably probably book as many trips as you can when you're when you're you're young because you know i i'm i'm blessed that i i'm i'm still able to travel and i've i've been to you know a ton of different states ton of provinces ton of countries but i i still have that passion for travel and it, it is easy to do it when you're young and single, right? To, to, to really get out there and, you know, really understand what's happening in other parts of the world, which, which is key because business is, is global. I think employment, the, you know, the war for talent, I think is, 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 is really a, a global war. And if you understand people from, you know, the, the most populated parts of the world, I've never been to India I've been to pockets of Asia. I've been to South America. I've been to Mexico many times. And it's just added a little bit of understanding that really helps me when I'm trying to recruit somebody 
And, you know, it might be, you know, an American who was born in the United States, but he's worked overseas in, in Afghanistan or he's worked somewhere else and just understanding what cultural experiences they, they might have gained there and, and really added to their experience. Just, just having glimmers and that interest as well in, in other people in those other parts of the world really helps me when I'm trying to recruit somebody who, you know, you're trying to figure out their work history or, or where they're going with their careers. But if, if, if you've got something to connect with them, based on where they've been in the world or what part of the country they've worked in. It usually just helps you build that relationship. And if, yeah, if I can give myself that, that advice, just travel as much as you can book it every year. And, and even at, at this stage in my life, you know, we're looking at Christmas vacation and we're like, should we try and just stay local or Hawaii or, you know, I've got an opportunity to, to go to Rome and, and it really should be Rome. Nice. All right. Well, everyone you heard here, Kale's going to Rome for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of his family knows that yet, but you know, thanks so much for being on the show. He's the uh, founder and president at Red Seal Recruiting Solutions, doing some amazing work up there in Canada. Gail, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks so much, Ryan. Really appreciate it and hope to talk to you soon.